0: the truth should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid maybe maybe not maybe fuck yourself you're all a bunch of fucking assholes you know why you don't have the guts to be what you want to be you need people like me you need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy clearly don't know who you're talking to so let me clue you in I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No, I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to a bonus episode of the Righteous Brook podcast. I am your host, J.L. Covan. It is 8.30 a.m. Eastern on March 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. And this is the post-surgery update. Okay, everybody. uh, Had meniscus surgery yesterday. Uh, The tear has been repaired. I'm now... Just drinking Oxycontin? No. Um, uh, am I, I'm not taking any Oxy yet today, but man, oh man, uh, it, is, it feels good. It feels good. Um, I can see why uh, white trash people love it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, um, so basically, uh, in 2020, uh, I was running, trying to lose weight. I was like in the 290 range. And I was like, I got to lose weight. And the gyms are closed because we're in the middle of a a pandemic just started. So running is a good way to lose weight and get cardio and get some sun. And about two weeks into running, I was finally starting to get like my cardio up. I was running like a mile and a half before my fucking lungs were giving out because it was just I was in bad shape and overweight, which is a horrible combo. And then all of a sudden, my left knee just started feeling sore as fuck. And, like, it, it was not even, like, once warmed up, I could run and not feel pain. But once I, like, sat down for the day and then tried to get up, the pain was, like, off the charts. Um, but because of toxic masculinity, folks, I didn't get that checked out for a while. No, I just figured I needed to lose weight. I was like, I, I didn't feel anything pop. I didn't feel anything, like, sudden um and then i you know as we as we followed my journey in 2021 when i my weight got all the way up to 317 i said okay i don't want to die this is getting a little little dicey you know you're now a six foot seven overweight guy in his 40s you're no longer just like "Eh, i drank a lot of beer and ate a lot of turkey subs this semester but i'll fucking lose all that weight bro weight room bro this is a different you know jl middle age it's weird to say middle age because i don't feel but but you know 42, like, you know, middle age, And for, for a 6'7", 260-pound guy, uh, I'm, I'm a senior citizen probably. But um, can I get an AARP card for big people? Um, so I lost the weight and the knee started feeling much better. Like when I would go for my long walks, it didn't hurt, but I wasn't running. And But it's just every so often... There'd be a little flare-up, a little pain. I said, okay, something something here. Obviously, it wasn't just weight. There's there's an injury here. So I went to my doctor, who used to be a doctor with the Nets. Um, and, uh, you know, so I figure that's that's how you're going to get me, is when I realize you've worked on uh, taller, bigger, and more athletic people than me. I figure, okay, you can handle a, a Division three bench warmer turned angry bitter comic. Um, so he looked at it and said I had a large tear in the meniscus. Um, and then let, yesterday, I think the surgery was called like a meniscopic, like a meniscectomy or something. And I'm like, what is it? If, as soon as you add ectomy, it always sounds like something involving like I don't know what it is, but women. I, I just feel like it, it just it's like a weird suffix. But obviously, it doesn't mean that. But I was like, is everything just an ectomy? Um, but so we, I was going to have the surgery in December. But then I said, um, I have tour dates that took uh, miracles to put together. Like I don't think, I, I know I've stressed this to you guys, but I don't think people would realize the difficulty in just getting booked and then actually stringing together good nights of gigs like Thursday night gigs and getting one in between jazz home games and booking a, a an L.A. show and getting that Chicago on a Thursday instead of like on a Tuesday and et cetera, et cetera, and getting that gig uh, in Northern California. It was just, it was a very difficult thing to put together. And I said, if I have this surgery, now, as it turns out, good news, if you've been paying attention to this podcast, the recovery will be the shorter recovery. I'm on a cane and it should be like a week or two on a cane. And then I can start rehabbing and then hopefully in April walking and running. So that's the good news. But the problem was because I am such a believer in worst case scenarios happening to me, C-E-G lip sync. Um, I uh, I just assumed when the doctor, I said, what are the odds that something, and he goes, well, once I get in there and actually clean it up, you know, there is a chance that I'll see more damage and it could be the kind of meniscus surgery where I don't have to just heal the tear, but actually reattach it. Like if it's if it's come undone from both ends, basically, that would be a... You know, you drill a hole into the other side of the bone, you reattach it there, and then your six weeks on crutches, like, cannot put pressure on it, et cetera, until it's healed. So I had, like, my DC gig lined up. I had, um, like, my DC improv gigs. I had all those January gigs. And if if this surgery in early December turned out to be the six-week surgery, the six-week recovery, I might have had to cancel summer, all of those gigs. So I said, let's put it off. Let's just put it off till March. So if it is the worst case scenario, I'm okay. But it turns out it's a better case scenario. Now, um, what I will get, I will tell you some fun stories and then let you go. But I just figure my fans really need to know what's going on with me. And I was hoping to be high on Oxy, to be honest, for this episode. But um, I took a bunch yesterday and they really helped. Uh, It's like, it's like a hug from a best friend. <laughs> um, no, it just feels warm. And, and the good thing is, unlike the usual sleepiness I get, which is that fidgety sleepy, where you're like, I gotta, I gotta get to bed, fuck, I'm, I'm drowsy. Oxy just like puts you to sleep, like in a comfy way. Like I'm, I'm like falling asleep on my couch last night, but not in the. oh God, I gotta get to bed. It was when I, hey, if I fall asleep here, who gives a shit? This feels good. My leg is my my knee is elevated per doctor's instructions. Let's just go to sleep here for a little bit on the couch. Um, But then I woke up in the middle of the night and had to take some more oxy. Um, Just a oxymoron. Is that a good title for the show? (laughs) Um, I had to take more, uh, but it helped me get to sleep. But now I'm in very little pain. You know, it's like yesterday. It was like a like when I woke up. It was like a seven point eight. This morning, it's like a two. So I'm like, there's no reason in pumping the opioids into my system if I'm only like a two. But I'm secretly hoping the pain gets a little worse so I can pop a couple more of those bad boys. Not afraid of sharing his addiction origin story with the podcast. Um, So that's that. And uh, that's good news. The next surgery I'll have to probably tell you about is when I get my hand looked at. Because I... came very close to breaking my hand on a Dell computer uh, in December. I didn't, according to x-rays, but my right hand is still in a lot of odd pain. So I think there is soft tissue damage. So the next thing I'm going to have looked at is my hand, because we are going to uh, 2022. We don't know if it's our last year with premium level health insurance. So it's time to get Get everything upgraded, everything looked at, you know, look at my teeth, look at my hand, look at my knee, look at my ass. Everything is getting getting taken care of this year. This, this season, I handle all family business. Um, so there's your medical update. But anyway, I get to the, I get to the hospital and I have to say, uh, I know everybody always talks about the hospital for special surgery. That's like the premium kind of joint and limb replacement shit in New York City. But my doctor was at the midtown surgical center and i gotta say loved it i've never now i have i've been to many doctors with my mom in the last few months uh regarding her, her breast cancer and um it was uh it's it's so funny to me in a weird way that the the pre-surgical process identical don't eat after midnight don't drink after midnight Come in, fill out all these questions. We'll prep you. We'll do this, and it's like for me, it's like uh, please fix this this tear in the in the meniscus of my knee, and for my mom, it's like please save my life from this aggressive breast cancer, and we go through the exact same process. <laughs> um, but I get there, and everybody's super nice. Um, the anesthesiologist was like cracking a lot of jokes, and I I, I had a good vibe with her. Um, but uh, and then she said to me something that. As if I was, I was really nervous going to surgery. Confession time, folks. Okay, this is why you listen to the Righteous Brick Podcast. This is where you get the real scoop on what's going on inside of jail's fucked up head. I was very nervous because it was my first time having surgery. And, you know, you're getting anesthesia. I was, It was general anesthesia, so I was going to be knocked out. And, of course, in my head, I'm going, well, of course, I'll be the guy. Where it's like we didn't know he had an allergy to anesthesia and all of a sudden he was in cardiac arrest and like I wake up three months later if I wake up at all, like from a coma. And, you know, just all those scenarios run through my head. But the staff was so friendly. Everybody, the nurses, it was like pleasant and fun and nice. And the anesthesiologist comes in. We're, we're talking. And she dropped a couple F-bombs. And I was like, okay, this is my kind of anesthesiologist. But then she said something to me before she said, okay, confession. She says, when we all saw your chart and we we're like six, Oh, he must be a basketball player. And then we looked you up and it was so much better than that. You are so hilarious. We were watching your videos. You, your stuff is so funny. And I was like, uh, well, I hope it's not a problem with me having an erection when I go in for this knee surgery because I am fully aroused. Thank you very much. Am I even having surgery today? I'm so at ease. So that was a wonderful, a wonderful... And then my other nurse was like, where do you perform? And I was like, well, my next gig, I cleared my schedule. But my next gig is at Helium in Buffalo. She's like, I've been there. I'm from Buffalo. I'll tell my friends. And I was like, you probably won't. But guess what? I think I just came. Because my goodness, this this medical staff is just... It's music to my ears. It was just... We're fun, we're friendly, we're putting you at ease. Oh, and by the way, we love your comedy, and I'd love to get my friends there to support you. Now, her friends probably won't show up, this nurse's friends. but that's besides the point. At that time, this, this staff could do no wrong. So um, I walk I, get, I you know, get walked into the surgery place and it's just it's a surreal thing because it's like this is these people's jobs, but it's like one of the biggest moments of my life. I know it's just knee surgery, but it's still it's you know, you can't help but be a little nervous going under. And I I sit down, and Who's Crying Now is playing by Journey because my doctor is probably, if I had to guess, I'd just guess he's he's no offense if he's younger than this, but I would guess late fifties, so thereabouts. Um, I know he has a kid at 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 Middlebury, so like that's like that would put him, you know, okay, like if he has a kid in Middlebury, it could be like mid fifties, late fifties, um, assuming he didn't like start having kids like right out of medical school. But whatever the point is. I, I then cracked my final joke before going under. I said, "Who's crying now?" That's a weird, that's a weird song for me to hear before I go go night night, um, and uh, and then they just started putting the stuff in my in my vein through the IV, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up groggy in the uh, recovery room. It was fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating because there wasn't even that like my uncle uh, who had had several surgeries. He he always told me. I think we had in common a, a, a difficulty with sleep. But he would always tell me, he's like, it's amazing. They just tell you to count down from 10. You don't even get to like six. And then you just wake up and everything's done. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's what happened. Um, so can't recommend uh, Midtown Surgical Center enough. I mean, obviously I had a very basic surgery, but uh, what a arguably my, gri- my most fun and enjoyable medical experience ever. As weird as that sounds. So now um, I've got to use up some more sick and vacation days. So um, we're basically in a race against time to see if I can leave my day job before the end of the year. Because otherwise, from July to December, it's pretty much going to be no vacation days whatsoever. Um, but the knee is uh, on the mend. And when I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to elevate it. Watch some finish up season one of Peacemaker, which I am enjoying. Um, John Cena is a a real star Um, I enjoy it I don't think it's the greatest show ever but because I've heard that like some people going absolutely nuts for it but I do it is a definite definitive thumbs up Uh, but yesterday because I was not feeling well for obvious reasons and was just kind of sitting with my leg up on the couch um, we watched all four parts of uh, We Need to Talk About Cosby um, on Showtime and uh, pretty good pretty good i i it's a weird thing i guess i can't say i enjoyed it but i thought it was a very devastating um portrayal and as jelani cobb of the new yorker said um during the documentary he was like is it possible that like because what i said to the righteous girlfriend who of course was was the real mvp yesterday just left work early picked me up brought me home made all my meals prepped everything for me today so i could like be do minimal activity while, while stuck here um, but I said I wonder if Cosby is if it's just like he has a split personality where he really cares about black issues and education and he's also a serial rapist or if it was all a constructed front to cover up his serial raping because he was serial raping before he ever got any interest or any kind of philanthropy about him. Um, but it was, it was I mean, man, it, it is, hats off to W. Kamau Bell who directed it because it was, and, and, and it, what's so great about it is I still found myself laughing hysterically when they played clips of Bill Cosby himself. And it really does justice in every way to Cosby's, cultural impact his talent and his horrific character and you really it is it is as full a portrait and at the end of it you have to come to the conclusion oh yeah he's a horrible human being like he is a horrible person and i mean because he was i mean it just seems like, you know, they, the, the saying is, uh, uh, um, you know, rape isn't about sex, it's about power. And I feel like Bill Cosby proves that to a T because he, the more famous he got and the richer he got, it seemed the more brazen and the more victims he racked up. Like it almost felt like correlated, like he gets some fame. And he, and one of the, one of the stories is from this like beautiful Playboy playmate, who had lost her son and then like a month later gets like drugged and raped by Cosby and you're just like oh my god! like the fact that that woman was still alive that and I, I say this with all sincerity and sympathy the fact that she didn't take her life speaks to her strength because I'm, I'm not it's just one of those things where you're like wow I can't like imagine in the same month you lose your child which guts you to the core forever and you also get raped by Bill Cosby that i feel i like, could break everybody but women women are strong as fuck and i'm reminded of that because my mom my my response to my meniscus surgery is pretty much identical to my mom's two knee replacements and i'm just like god my mom is tough as fuck like i'm such a bitch and if you're interested in more uh, material like that please listen to my Uh, number one iTunes selling album Israeli Tortoise 2016's Israeli Tortoise Uh, Israeli Tortoise is basically a code for woman Um, and it's in a complimentary way meaning uh, they're like Israel in that the world is sort of dangerous for them at all times and they're like tortoises because they march towards life slow and steady but by the time they get to the end of life they are strong and winning the race and men are crippled and dead um, that's just a summary of the joke, but it's, it's a joke I was very proud of. Um, okay. So surgery went well. Um, best case scenario, it seems like, you know, I'll be, it's just, it's a, it's a good thing and I'm not feeling any pain right now, guys. So I, I, I feel like I'm just gonna have to not take any more oxy, which is disappointing. You know, maybe I'll just take one for fun. What do you think guys? That's, it's not a slippery slope, right? Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, Um, so we watched Cosby. I'm watching Peacemaker. Um, I guess that's it. I guess I just was giving you guys an update, you know, because, oh, yeah, that's the thing on social media. I posted a picture of me in my hospital bed. And, of course, it went like it got like action that very few of my tweets have gotten recently. And I was like, is this how I have to now promote shows like that? So my fans won't see anything about a show or a video or a fucking funny joke I write, but if I'm in the hospital, so I think every every show post I have from now on has to be, like, a picture of me in a severe state of, of pain or injury, so I'm going to, like, that's how I'm going to improve my social media numbers, like, I'm going to, like, break my arm and be like, guys, I'm in a lot of pain, but if you want to heal that pain, come see me in Buffalo on April 26th, um, so... I guess that's it. Anything else to report? No. Just giving you guys an update. Um, subscriber update only. It's it's so fun when basically you can make a bonus episode that only your are subscri- like Like, anyway, whatever. I was about to bitch and complain, but no, let's not do that. Uh, I have a call with my accountant later today, but I will not be giving you a bonus episode detailing my finances, but... Uh, Thoughts and prayers for a strong refund because I paid a shit ton in advance taxes this year and did not have the same level of year, which I knew I wasn't going to have. But um, I don't want him to be like, you're getting a state refund of $92 and a federal refund of uh, $403. I want him to be like, Jersey owes you two grand and the feds need to pay the fuck up. So... (laughs) Because that's going to be my wardrobe upgrade. We've been talking about this for years now, but now I'm finally in a position. My jeans looks look baggy as fuck. They're not. They're like ridiculous. They don't stay up when I don't have a belt on. They did like at when I went to see Elton John. They were like, "Please take off your belt." And then my pants. And I was wearing like striped boxer briefs. So a confident look, but not a look I just wanted all of Jersey to see. But then my pants were just falling. So I was just a guy checking into the Elton John concert um, in striped boxer briefs with his jeans falling to his ankles. And I was like, okay, somebody is a little too excited for Elton John. Um, So, yeah, it's time for for a wardrobe upgrade. I'm going to get some suits, Um, as I've joked before. You know, in case I do any TikTok videos, you got to have a suit. Nobody wears a suit to any function anymore. It's like, hey, I'm going to a Broadway play. Well, I'm wearing the good sweatpants tonight. Um, Oh, I'm going to work. Well, I'll just do that in pajamas on Zoom. Oh, what's this suit for? Oh, for 30-second dance TikToks gotta look sharp for tiktok so i'm gonna get a couple suits i'm gonna get some shirts but what i'm aiming for and this i will update i'm aiming i want a refund in total between state and federal i'm aiming i'm hoping for a refund in excess of five grand because i think that's what it will cost to revamp the wardrobe we want to look sharp for the retaping. Um, by the way, thank you, everybody who listens to this podcast and didn't buy tickets. I, I was charting the numbers where I was like, guys, if you're coming to the show, please buy tickets. Um, we were at X sold before this week's podcast went up. And after this week's podcast went up, we were at X sold. Not a single additional ticket. So as always, thank you for being the best fans in the world. Uh, um, but yeah, March, May 14th, the, the special taping, 930 Triad Theater, same location. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. Um, I'm now like I was never not confident that it was wasn't gonna be great, but it's gonna be a really tightened up set with multiple new killer bits. Um, so I think as I, I think I said earlier this week on the regular on the that normal episode that um, the album we'd probably release the album as the from the first show and then the special will be the second show so that incentivizes people to buy because there's gonna be tracks that I don't do. Um, and certain jokes told differently. So it will actually be kind of fun and good for real fans to to hear both. But the special will be this, this May 14th show. So once again, April 26th, Buffalo, May 14th. New York City and uh, those ticket links are on my website now and then uh, July 14th and 15th City Winery in Boston ticket links. I'm going to send them my info today because now I'm going to be looking for as many April shows as I can. I left April clear because of my knee and the uncertainty around that. But now it seems very clear that I will be able to per, like, go travel or do whatever by you know late March, which is great. So hopefully I can line up more gigs uh, for as warm-ups for the, uh, for the special taping and, and after, of course, because I'd, you know, I'd like to actually do this for a living and not just for special events. Um, so on that note, surgery went well. The staff at Midtown Surgical Center, uh, I love them all, both for their wonderful care, their wonderful demeanor, and most importantly, the fact that they like my comedy. And uh, I guess that's it, guys. So I would recommend watching. We we need to talk about Cosby. Um, it's I was I was really kind of surprised at how good it was. I don't mean I just the thought and care put into it because you really leave with a complete picture of the talent, the impact, and the villainy. And the villainy wins out. Like he is. <laughs> it you you just can't you know he will always have a cultural impact but it's just um uh, man it is it is rough forget his like old black man anger conservative kind of shit later in his career like you could disagree with that or dislike that but that that my god it's it's just the assaults from the 60s until like the 90s or aughts it's just fucking stunning it's stunning and it's it's whether or not there were ambiguous cases along the way, the cases they highlight are really just um, stunning. And I think when you see like Matt Lauer, a clip of Matt Lauer interviewing somebody now. Matt Lauer I think may have been accused of some things, but it seems like for the most part, if not entirely, his conduct was just that of a scumbag. Not, I, I, don't get me wrong. I think there was an accusation against him of, of assault. I don't know if that was settled but it was not; it was not anything compared to the kind of Cosby or Harvey Weinstein like levels of shit. But I, I always remember um, watching Kimmy Schmidt, the first season of which I think is one of the greatest seasons of any comedy ever. <coughs> but I was watching Kimmy Schmidt, and then I did a rewatch. Um, I think once, once like they had a Kimmy Schmidt movie, I was like, I'd like to revisit Kimmy Schmidt, the whole series, even though. Season 1 was just so leaps and bounds better than than the subsequent seasons and Matt Lauer in the first episode is is interviewing like, you know, the 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 women who were kidnapped and he goes one of the women says, "Well, I didn't want to be rude or I didn't want to" and Matt Lauer goes, "It is amazing what women will put up with just not to seem rude." And I put that on Twitter Like in hindsight, I I posted that clip on Twitter. and I was like, well, this hits differently or whatever I said, because it was just like, oh, Matt Lauer is like probably relying on that. And that is what Bill Cosby relied on so heavily is this idea of like drugging women who then don't even know that they've been raped. And so at the at the next day, they're like, oh, my God, I embarrassed myself. So so they leave like embarrassed because they're like, oh, God, I got drunk. I threw up. I was in front of Bill Cosby and I acted like such a fool or I was so stupid or, and it's, it's kind of almost a natural reaction because it's like, oh, it's Bill Cosby. Like he's a, he's a, he's a talent, an icon, a philanthropist. Uh, um, So, so like he couldn't like, obviously it's, it's not in like somebody's radar. Most of these women that, oh, he, he might've drugged me and raped me. Like and they leave embarrassed until they kind of put it together or Bill Cosby like tips his hand and later is like, That's our secret. And they're like, Uh what? What's our secret? Did I embarrass myself? Oh, now I'm starting to think I didn't embarrass myself. I'm starting to think you're a vicious, disgusting criminal. So, um when I I mean the Matt Lauer thing just made me think of that, and it's almost like these guys rely on sort of social norms and their reputation. And I mean, that is that is almost like unspoken gaslighting. Like the scenario itself makes you gaslight yourself. Like, well, it's Bill Cosby. I, 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 I can't believe I passed out on Bill Cosby's couch. How embarrassing. Because you're not yet thinking, Bill Cosby gave me a drug and might have done something horrible to me while I was passed out. You're thinking, oh, God, I was with this cultural and comedic icon who has done so much good for for his community oh how embarrassing and it made me think of that Matt Lauer joke on Kimmy Schmidt which obviously I assume Tina Fey did not know any of that when she wrote that joke for him because it's an incredibly awkward ironic moment in the show because you're like oh that that's actually probably you probably delivered that line so well because that's your mo Matt Lauer but anyway um yeah, that's it, guys. That, so, yeah, th- th- I delivered the usual bonus episode. A little little humor, a little slice of life, a couple of reviews. And uh, what else have I watched? I don't know. That's it, guys. Just keeping you updated. So thanks again for listening. Hope to see you at one of those shows coming up. And I'm going to, you know, kick it into overdrive trying to get booked at different clubs. I've been getting a lot of requests for Michigan. And it's very, uh, very. Un- uh, un- uh, the one thing I will complain about on this episode, and then I'll leave you is, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase, Mark Ridley's Comedy Showcase. They won't return my emails anymore because they underpaid, they criminally underpaid as a feature. And you know, I, I they book people with smaller followings, and, but but with management, and they don't return my emails. So fuck them. Um, but Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase headlined me in twenty nineteen, and then obviously twenty twenty happened, and it's, it's just a. It, it, I tweeted at the club. I was like, "Hey, I've been calling and emailing for 16 months. Is anybody getting like what's the deal?" And they're like, "Well, Roger, who who was the owner if if you've listened for a long time, like or actually this was like pre-canceling the righteous brick. This is an old iteration, but it was like he's a really nice guy. He obviously was one of the few club owners who who got me headlining work, who gave me headlining work, and I did well with it. I, my sets were great. And he had said, we'll bring you back in 2020. I'd love to get you like a three-day weekend instead because I just did it two, like a, like a Friday, Saturday. He was like, oh, come back. I want to have you in the fall 2020 where you can get you like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, more money, obviously. And they were like, well, Roger's still, but he has cancer. And he had cancer and he was in recovery when I saw him. And I, I checked in on him once in a while. I think I said this last week, but not as as cynical as this business is. It, was, it really was like, hey, I appreciate what you did and you're a nice guy, so... You know, just, just, I met you and, you know, I, I we, having a rough go of it, but I think he was getting through it. He's still with us. But they were like, oh, Roger's still recovering, but he will get, but he got your message and he'll give it. I'm like, recovering, but you've been booking Axe for a year. Somebody's booking Axe. So can I just, no offense to Roger, can I just, can you forward my email to whoever's booking Axe? Like, I have a bigger following than just about everybody you're booking right now. Like, I don't, I don't mean to be that guy, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, I've been wanting to come back to your club. I will get people in seats because I have a lot of Michigan requests. And I've already performed there and done well. So it's like, oh, he's, he's feeling... But who's then who's booking would be my question. So there, I ended on a comedy complaint. But that's that's where we are, folks. That's the frustrating thing about this is it's like... Even the places I have pre-existing relationships with seem to be fucking me over. And I, do, I don't exactly know why. But... Let's focus on the good news. I'll be running soon. I'll be able to, I'll be stronger and faster and more fit than I've been in a decade by the end of this summer. Um, and then I'll be able to transition from comedy to to maybe like gay porn. Okay? Maybe there'll be opportunities there for me. Okay? And uh, so the point is, take your Oxy, feel good. Um, Black Lives Matter, Bill Cosby's a scumbag, and... Uh, Get tickets to my special taping? Okay, that's it. Love you at the Midtown Surgical Center. This episode is dedicated to you. Episode? What the fuck was that? This episode is dedicated to the wonderful staff at Midtown Surgical Center and especially the anesthesiologist who stalked me and enjoyed my comedy. So thank you, and I will see you next Tuesday.